right, let's uh, turn in the Word of God again to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And, all right. And look at the uh, thought here. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And we read verses 11 through 19. <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verses 11 through 19. All right. All right. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 11 says this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, and by it there is profit to them that see the sun. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. <coughs> Consider the work of God. For who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. God also has set the one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. Be not righteous over much, neither make thyself over wise. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? Be not over much wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? It is good that thou shouldest take hold of this. Yea, also from this which all not thine hand, for he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. Let's pray. Lord, again, we uh, thank you for your mercy and grace. And uh, Lord, again, we do pray for these uh, requests, Lord, just uh, uh, Lord, a lot going on in the hearts and lives of your people. And uh, Lord, we think of uh, Sister Karen as she'll be having this procedure tomorrow. Lord, please, Lord, over that and watch over and Lord, help it to have the in intended uh, effect. Help her with the situation concerning uh, her house. Lord, be with Brother Thomas as he's recovering, Sister Meredith. Lord, just many things upon our heart tonight. Lord, we think of the young people. Lord, as they're at that special meeting, Lord, use that meeting to encourage them as they're around uh, people their age. And uh, Lord, help them to be witnesses to their peers. And Lord, work in their lives uh, through the messages uh, they'll uh, hear there. So, Lord, we pray for our young people there and others uh, that are there. God, uh, bless uh, that meeting. And then, Lord, uh, help us tonight, Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture. Lord, our desire is to grow uh, uh, through the Word of God. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given us your Word that we can turn to on a daily basis, dear God, and just uh, draw closer to you. And again, Lord God, we pray if there's somebody listening or here, even on a Wednesday night, God, it sure be a good night to see somebody get saved or somebody get help from the Word of God. So thy glory we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, uh, we've uh, looked at a few messages here recently from the book of Ecclesiastes. And, of course, it's uh, just a, a sermon, a message about life. And, of course, you know, the main word everybody knows is vanity. And it shows us how that God can fill, right? We try to fill that. People try to fill uh, that void in their life by all these things through life. But at the end of the day, hopefully they realize, like we've realized, that only God can fill the emptiness of our lives. <laughs> and notice that uh, verse 13, the first few words there, verse 13 say, consider the work of God, consider the work of God. So that's a good question, consider the work of God. How much do you know about the work of God? And we're going to 
sort of look at that thought in these verses. But uh, just before we get in these verses, just some quick thoughts about what the, uh, the work of God and what the Bible says, some things concerning the work of God. Well, of course, we know God's work uh, involves a saving work, which is uh, the most important thing and where things start. John 6, 28 and 29 says, Then said they unto him, talking about Jesus, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? And he tells them in verse 29 of John 6, Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. So we know that salvation, right, and coming to him, that's a work of God that people need to consider. And then we see God's work, of course, it's a spiritual work, right? We've, uh, in John, it says they, they worship him as worship in spirit and truth. Of course, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says this, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can they know them, because these things are spiritually discerned. Right? you got to have that spiritual uh, side open unto you after salvation so you can understand the work of God. And, of course, it's a wonderful thing uh, to be saved and have the ability to discern the things of God, you know, to have that spiritual sensitivity and understand God's Word and recognize His uh, guidance in our life. And because it's a spiritual work, of course, that's why it can't be accomplished by human means. <laughs> and uh, uh, these verses that we look at in Ecclesiastes show us that, right? Of course, God used humans, but it's not by human uh, means that His work is done. Then, of course, God's work is a higher work, right? Then uh, uh, the things done in this world, Isaiah 55, 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts, right? So he's far ahead of us and far above us in all these things. And, of course, God's work is a marvelous work. Psalm 118, verse 23, This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Amen. Hey, when somebody gets saved, when he does that work in heart, that's a marvelous thing. Hey, when, uh, uh, when you find out God's will for your life, when he opens that unto you, hey, man, that's a marvelous thing. And boy, the, the, the privilege of serving him and knowing him, that's a marvelous thing. And so, of course, marvelous means wonderful, extraordinary. And uh, boy, it's a great and marvelous thing to know God and to serve him. So let's uh, uh, look at these uh, wor- uh, verses as we think of this thought. Consider the work of God. Now, one we see here, God's work, right, has the needed resources to accomplish what it wants to accomplish. Now, the word consider here means think about this. When we consider the work of God and what what he's doing, it means, well, of course, a a mental observation, but even more than that, a spiritual observation and something to reflect on. Now, let's think about when we consider the work of God, make it, you know, get it down uh, in our life. So we might ask ourselves, you know, what, it, what, what is going on in my life right now, right? What is going on in my life? And, what is, and as I pay attention to what's going on in my life, as I consider what's going on in my life, some of the things going on in my life right now, how does this or how do they fit or play into the work of God for my life, the work that God wants to do in my life? So consider what is God, what it is God is desiring to do uh, in your life and through your life? You know, have you picked up on anything? Are you, are you, you know, we said uh, God's work is a spiritual work. Are, are you discerning? Are you sensitive to the work that God is trying to do in your life? Ask yourself, am I in tune enough? <laughs> am I in tune enough to pick up 
on anything that I see him trying to do or these things that are going on in my life. Am I sensitive enough to pick up on how he wants to use this? Hey, this event just happened in my life. Why? How is God wanting to use this? What is God trying to do? What is God trying to show me? Am I considering, right? When something happens, one of the first things I need to do is consider the work of God. How does this play into the work of God for my life? Now, verse 13 goes on to say, for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked, right? God, of course, God can straighten it out or use it. He can, you know, either take that crooked thing and straighten it out, right? That crooked thing in your life, so to speak, that thing he's allowed, he can either straighten it out or he can sort of use it in his present state too, <laughs> just the way it is. You know, if God has allowed something to be in a certain state, if you will, in your life, well, maybe there's nothing we can do about it, but that doesn't mean he can't do something about it or that he can't use it. Certainly, God has used uh, uh, the most unlikely things and the most unlikely people and the most unlikely circumstances to accomplish uh, his, his works, right? I've often said this, he can use a crooked stick to make a, a straight line, and God can use the crooked things, if you will, in our life or the things we, 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 hey, man, I'd like to get this straightened out. But again, sort of like Paul with that thorn in the flesh, our imperfections in our life to accomplish his work in our life. We must realize only God can do some things. And whether he chooses to do them or not, if he chooses to straighten it out or, if you will, or leave it crooked, we need to consider his work and how he wants to use that in our life and allow him to make the decisions and trust those decisions. Because as we see here, God's work, of course, has purpose. Verse 14, in the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. Again, hey, something adverse happened in my life. Well, consider how God's going to use that. God also has set the one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. Again, as we consider God's work from an earthly standpoint or a human standpoint. Sorry, I'm going to help, sister. <laughs> I should probably drop that about right six feet and move it, move it there. But yeah, it gets hot there. Sorry about that. But as, as we look at this, as we consider God's work, I guess, from an earthly standpoint or a human limited standpoint, Sometimes, again, uh, the things that, that, that happen don't seem to make sense, but we know that there's a purpose through it all, and he's working towards that uh, expected end, as, Jera, as Jeremiah says it. So this verse speaks, of course, we see the words prosperity, and we see the words adversity. We like that prosperity side, don't we? Amen. We like, we like, we like the positive things when the good things happen in our life, you know, but a, a lot of Christianity, quote unquote, would have you believe that God is only in the blessing when there's problems. How do you know God's in the, well, hey man, when those blessings flow, you know the good hand of God uh, uh, is upon you, man. I don't, I don't know where they're, they're reading. They only must be reading a few verses in, in the Bible, right? There's prosperity, you know. You, of course, we heard that term, prosperity preachers. You don't hear you don't hear adversity preachers, do you? You don't see me on TV going, "Hey, hey, we got enough of those prosperity preachers." I'm an adversity preacher, amen. I'm here to tell you, amen, that God wants your life to fall apart. Hallelujah, amen. 
I don't think they'd be getting the big offerings, right? <laughs> I don't think those people would be getting the big offerings. I don't think those people would be getting uh, the ratings if they got on there and said, hey, God, amen, you know, and started saying all those negative things, right? People like to hear the positive things. But we have to remember, right, you know, yes, God owns construction crews, if you will, to, to build things up and make things good, but he also he also has some wrecking crews and for some reason has to come through and, uh, as we mentioned before, break some things down in our lives. So when something happens in our life, you know, somebody may give you a call and say, well, this just uh, uh, this thing just happened in my life. Right. I, I uh, uh, you know, uh, well, uh, uh, Brother Mark recently lost his job. Uh, uh, my son, Joel recently lost his job. My son, Jesse, just recently uh, lost his job. You know, I, when they got on the phone, I didn't say, well, praise God, brother. That's wonderful. Amen. Let's, let's just rejoice. It'll be a good time just to have a good old shouting spell. Amen. Right? Well, we may not always say, well, that's wonderful, and I rejoice with you. Maybe we can't always say that when we get that call on the other end of the phone. You know, maybe we can't uh, uh, say that, but we can't always say this, right? No matter in one sense, what's on the other end of that phone call, we can say, well, let us consider the work of God. That's one thing you can always say, no matter what the call is. Hey, God just did this prosperity thing, this blessing in my life. Well, hey, man, well, let's, uh, let's see, uh, uh, let, let's consider, hey, man, why God allowed that and how he's going to uh, uh, use that. Well, God just brought this adversity into my life. Well, hey, let's consider the work of God. That's one thing you can always say in ministry to somebody. Let us consider the work of God and what or why he allowed this in my life and how it fits in to the work that he is doing in my life. So there's always a, a reason for that. He says, God also has set the one over against the others to the end that man should find nothing after him. You know, not find anything. In other words, uh, 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 may not always find a cause or a reason or uh, may not always be able to explain it or there may not always have something to blame what has happened in one's life. But realizing that, hey, this is just God's working and he knows the future and what he's trying to do and we do not. And so many things in life are just not going to have uh, uh, that, that answer except the fact that, hey, we consider this, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's God's work, and we trust him with it. I mean, you, you talk about adversity, look at uh, verse 15. It says this, he gives an example that, you know, some things you just aren't going to be able to explain. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. Look at this. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness. There's a just man that perisheth in his righteousness. And there's a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. I mean, just on the surface, you, you say, well, how do you, how do you explain that? You know, I, I was thinking that when I read this verse today, you know, I think about my, my, my pastor friend, uh, Albert uh, Adam Kosky, that just passed away. I mean, this guy was a great guy. I mean, he was a great pastor, great family man. I mean, he, he just loved God. I mean, you know, hey, uh, uh, a missionary didn't walk past him without him doing something, you know. I mean, uh, he just had a he just had a he just had a heart for God. And boy, every time you're, you're around him, boy, he just he just I mean, like, uh, 
uh, one of the last times I, w- I was with him, you know, he, he took me out on a, he took me out on his uh, a boat and just took me all over this uh, a lake and then around and showed me where he where he uh, was born, showed me where uh, he got saved, and uh, uh, then he uh, he uh, uh, put the fishing line for me and uh, uh, help help me uh, catch a fish. I think he probably caught and just handed it to me so I could get a picture, right? And I said, well, put the fish up close to the camera so it looks bigger than it really is, right? And uh, took a video, but you know just wants to be a blessing and encouragement to people. I mean, he just couldn't help but have a good time when you're around this man. Then all of a sudden, you know, he's out just wanting to enjoy a day with his family. You know, hey, just taking his family out and trying to enjoy a family day. And then all of a sudden, one of his kids is in trouble on the lake. And the next thing you know, he's drowned. Takes him two hours to find the body and hear him. You know, four young kids. And how do you explain that? 47 years old, serving God, giving everything he has to God. How do, you, how do you explain that on this side of glory? How do you explain that? And then you take somebody like, you know, so he's 47, switch those numbers to 74. You know what? That's how old Joseph Stalin was when he died. A man that, that killed millions of people, millions of his own people. I think like 25 million. I think he killed more people than Hitler did. And then, you know, why does he get to live to 74? That's what this verse is saying. Hey, you try to figure that stuff out in this life, you'll never Figure it out. You just got to say, consider the work of God. You know, for some reason, he has chosen to do this. He's, he, he, he's allowed this. And, you know, don't try to figure it out. Just say, listen, uh, we consider the work of God. And he's considered that's the way he's uh, allowed things uh, to happen. And we're just going to keep moving forward and trusting him. In verse uh, 16, verse 17, talking about the work of God, it says this. Be not overmuch, neither make thyself, sorry, be not righteous overmuch, be not righteous overmuch, neither make thyself overwise. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? Verse 17, be not overmuch wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? That word over there doesn't mean like to rule over. It means, it means to abundance. And increase in volume. In other words, uh, uh, be not righteous over much. Don't be overly righteous. That's really what it's saying. It's saying don't be overly righteous. Don't be overly wise. Now, there's a context to that, right? Don't be overly righteous. Say what? Don't be overly righteous. Don't be overly wise. Well, what's that? Uh, uh, what that is saying? And when it says don't don't have too much righteousness, don't be too wise. Well, that's talking about self-made righteousness, outward performance. Don't be overly wise, that is presumptuous, self-sufficient, trusting in your own wisdom, trusting in your own uh, uh, religiousness and righteousness. Proverbs 3, 7 says, Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. You know, Solomon had all the human resources one could have. He had the greatest uh, wisdom. Yet even his work and abilities were limited and could not accomplish God's work on his own. So in other words, don't, don't, some, some people think uh, uh, that, you know, if, uh, 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 that because they, they, they're real religious or they live in righteously like the Pharisees did, everything's going to turn out their way. In other words, they think they can influence the work of God. We're talking about consider the work of God. And they think, well, you know, uh, uh, if they're, you know, real religious, you know, or they try to figure out things out in their own wisdom, well, if I do this and that, I can affect uh, uh, the work of, of God and not really trusting in Him. 
but it says, but they end up destroyed. That word destroyed there means disheartened or dismayed. Psalm 143, 4 says this, Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me, and my heart within me is desolate. You see, they're putting trust in their, uh, their righteousness. They're putting trust in their ability to figure things out and do things out and think they have to help out God. But really, they were trusting in their righteousness instead of the work of the Lord and being sensitive to Him and uh, his, his, his guidance in a particular uh, situation. And so it says, listen, it's basically saying, don't trust in your righteousness, don't trust in your wisdom, but consider the work of the Lord and be sensitive to his working. Verse 17, be not over much wicked. And then on the other hand, don't be too wicked. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? You know, I thought about that, you know. We say it's appointed unto man once to die, you know. And, and some people think, well, you know, no matter what happens, there, there was a certain day that that man was supposed to die, and no matter what he's doing, that man's going to die. But, you know, I don't think that's really the case. You know, I think, sure, I think there might be a specific day you're going to die, but I think it, a lot of it has to do with the decisions you're going to make. You know, you make right decisions, then, hey, maybe God was going to let you live to be this old, but you go out there and, and you fall into sin and you do things. You know, I, I, example, somebody, you know, uh, 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 that, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I hate to use, a, a, you know, my brother's as an example, but, you know, uh, you know my, 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 uh, my, my brother David was 58. I mean, was he always going to die at 58? No matter what, no matter what he did, if he would have been living for the Lord, if he would have, was he, he going to die on that day? The only difference, he would have died a different way? Or somebody would have, well, I don't think so. You know, I don't think so. I think he, you know, that people could have lived longer. I was sure he was going to die one day or these people were going to die one day. But then they, 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 made, they made bad decisions and they, they, they got into sin. You know, my, my, my other brother, you know, that, that died because of uh, drugs and alcohol. I mean, was he always meant to die that day? You know, those are tough questions. Well, no. I think a lot of times that's that the decisions that we make. Personally, the way I think is that if people make these decisions and their life unfolds that way, well, then, you know, that's what's going to happen. And if people make decisions for doing other things, then this is uh, what's, uh, what's uh, going to happen. And even here it says, hey, why should you die before thy time? Maybe God has some other things in your life, but you made bad, bad decisions. Yes, it's appointed unto man once to die, but man does not have uh, to die, of course, the second death, but he should not die before he should have by making uh, bad decisions. A person truly can go to an early grave. So avoid sins, it says there, uh, that ruin your life. And so God's work has a purpose, and we need to allow him to fulfill that purpose and not trust uh, in our, our righteousness and in our wisdom but allow him, amen, be sensitive to him. God's work, of course, then is individualized. Verse 18, it is good, it is good that thou shouldest take hold of this, yea, also from this withdraw not thine hand, for he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. God's work, right, God's works on all of us, but he didn't work on all of us the same. He made us individuals and he works on us individually. Verse 18 talks about walking in the fear and wisdom of God. We need wisdom to make right decisions in life. And, of course, we gain that wisdom as we walk before him and study his word. Proverbs 9:10: the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. 
And it says, as we walk in wisdom, as we consider his work on a daily basis and we're sensitive to him, what he's trying to do in his life and try to stay in his will and try to uh, uh, be sensitive to his, his work and allow him to fulfill that in our life. It says this, he come forth in them all. I think that that will stop us from and help us escape extremes. If we consider God's work, if we understand prosperity and adversity, are part of his working in our life. If we don't trust in self, so uh, the, verse 14 talks about prosperity and adversity. The other verses talk about uh, 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 trusting in our own righteousness, trusting in our own wisdom if we don't trust in self. But if we walk in his fear and wisdom, we can avoid some of the pitfalls of life. Verse 19 says, Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. True wisdom like God gives us in his word, as Paul told Timothy, God's wisdom help us to act and react in the right way as life unfolds. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That power that worketh in us, of course, can handle anything that comes our way and do anything that needs to be done in our life. The power that worketh in us is the power that does the work of God. So as we finish up here, let us consider the work of God. Stay focused on what God is doing. When I see, when I get up on a daily basis, I say, am I consciously aware? And do I consciously consider the work of God? Am I making mental observations, spiritual observations? Am I reflecting and trying to be sensitive on the way God's leading me and the way God's directed me and what, what God is doing uh, in my life? Or do I, am I putting any trust in self and my uh, uh, wisdom? Am I, uh, uh, am I, you know, overly righteous or overly wisdom? Or am I trusting in uh, uh, other things in my life? Or am I completely relying upon the Lord? Let us consider the work of God. So I finish with uh, one of my favorite verses, 1 Thessalonians 5.24, which says, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. God has begun a work in your life, and we need to live consciously and considering on a daily basis the work of God in our life and realize that he will do it if we'll stay out of his, if we'll stay, if we'll stay out of his way and trust him. Boy, these... These uh, verses in, in, in Ecclesiastes, sometimes you just, you just look at them and you gotta, gotta, gotta meditate on them. But listen, prosperity and diversity is, is part of life. And the sooner we realize that, that God uses all those things, you know, uh, 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 to work in our life. Sometimes we take Romans 8, 28, you know, all things work together for good. Well, you know, they, they do if we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They do if we turn things uh, if we do things over to him, if when something happens in our life, we stop and consider, okay, what is God trying to do uh, in my life right here? Why did he allow this in my life? Or, or uh, what is he trying to uh, uh, show me here? So as you look at, take time and say at this time in your life, hey, am I considering the work of God? Am I truly trying to be sensitive at this age and stage of my life? Young people, <laughs> right? As you're reaching that age of graduating high school, make, again, making those decisions, are you considering uh, the work of God and his direction in your life?